Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. How are you guys doing on this fine Thursday morning? the day after inauguration. We just wanted to let you guys know that we are actually recording this a couple of days before. And we are thinking of you this morning and we are praying for you this morning and we wanted to spend a little bit of time just thinking about hope for the nation and also hope for the the church. And we really do think that this is a significant time in history. I remember having a boss who he acquired the company that I was working for at the time in the film industry. And he sat me down and he said, because we laid off a good like 65 people. And he sat me down and he said, you know, Ashley, there is an opportunity in what feels like chaos. And so what would you do if you could change anything? And I loved that question. I loved him sort of setting the framework of sometimes there's chaos and it's okay. And sometimes there's change and it's okay. And what are we gonna do in the middle of it? And I think as people of hope, you know, we don't we don't grieve like people who have no hope. Right. <laughs> we are people oh, of yes. hope. Yes. And hope is the anchor of our soul. And as people of hope, what will we imagine? What do we see that could change? How will we personally walk out the wonderful way of Jesus in our lives if you are a believer? And if you're not, how will you walk out the the way of love. You know, what would it look like for you to love people in your circle and to do justice and to care for those who are, are around you and to show up for hurting people? And I think that's really important for us to talk about today. So let's let's dive into that. I'm so oh, excited. Man. Also, Tiffany was just here in Los Angeles filming her book trailer for her brand new book, Pray Tell. And you guys, I got to see a little bit of the behind the scenes. It's unbelievable. And Tiffany, before we dive into this, I really, since I just saw you, you got to, to record this incredible book trailer with a true filmmaker. Why don't you just tell the people, why are you excited about this book this year at this time? And tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for bringing that up. I didn't think of that. Uh, Well, Pray Tell comes out March 16th, Why We Silence Women Who Tell the Truth and How Everyone Can Speak Up. And as I have journeyed in the faith, I've really stumbled upon what makes my fire stay ablaze. I think of River of Fire, Sister Helen Prejean, and she talks about in her books, (laughs) just the fire. Yeah, just the fire in her of what really made her come alive and what kept her moving and going and and totally inspired by the Holy Spirit. So for me, it's really been women's equality. And Mm -hmm. Ashley's kind of watched that journey unfold to women's encouragement, to um, discipling women. But when I really start to zero in on what... Um, on what makes me tick, it's this understanding that women are equal to men as made in the image of God as equals. And when I was in a position where I spoke truth to power and lost more than I could have dreamed, I uncovered why we silence women, the uh, the societal, financial, professional, and even theological reasons that we've silenced, slandered, and subjugated women. Um, And we believe that we're right when we do so. But that is not the gospel. That is not the way of Jesus. When we see Jesus encounter with women in scripture, we find a different story. We find one of empowerment, encouragement, and belief. So this book was really inspired by my personal experience, which you can read a little bit about in the book, um, and really the experience of so many in modern history, Mm -hmm. and of course, biblical history, 
who've paid the price, but slowly the moral arc of the universe has been bent toward justice when they've played yes. their role. So it's really an invitation for all of us. I'm not speaking as a as a victim per se. I'm speaking as a bystander, finding myself in an unethical situation and wondering, just like we all do, what what's my role right now? Maybe right. something didn't happen to me. Maybe I'm not the woman who was pushed down or silenced or pushed out. But what's my role to ensure that this is heaven on earth? What did, yeah. what can I do? Um, and Ashley's read it, and, and I'm so excited to have her endorsement on it yeah. as a sister, as somebody who's walked alongside me um, to raise my voice. So it's an encouragement for all of us, for each and every one of us to use our voice for the glory of God. And, uh, and, and that comes at a cost. So I, I cover yeah. everything from... Um, how the Clinton administration handled Monica Lewinsky to Trump to um, some cases in the 70s that were really important to Anita Hill to um, popular preachers and speakers who've abused their power to women's expense kind of cover the gamut um, in various sectors of society. I mean, I cover Walmart greeters, McDonald's <laughs> workers, um, lawyers. Yeah. So a l- little bit of this, a little bit of that, but to really give a holistic picture. And I'm, you know what, Ashley, over, a, over goodness, in the past four years, over 200 men have been removed from their powerful platforms because mm-hmm of abusing their power at a woman's expense. And we are going to continue Mm. to do this unless we address the cycle. And it doesn't start at the top. It starts with middle management. It starts with hourly wage workers. It starts with wherever you are at. We'd love to think the people in power get to make the decisions for all of us. But when we hold the line, it's not the case. Right. So I love this, you guys. I read Pray Tell in a day. You know, I had Mm. read chapters here and there because we're friends and that's how we do things. But when I actually got my hands on the manuscript and was able to read it, I mean, I read it in a day. We were doing our cross-country road trip and in 24 hours, I just knocked that book out. And it is powerful for all the reasons that she just said. But I feel, you know, so often the women's movement of the day has really missed a significant amount of women. You know, it missed, mm-hmm. I remember talking to my mom about the feminist movement and she's like, sweetie, what do you mean? The feminist movement for me in the seventies was not, it wasn't for me. I was an hourly wage meal worker. Like, well, yeah. how could I protest in the streets? I have little kids. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't for women like me. And I've heard this time and time again from women of color as well um, and black and indigenous people. And so I think what is so special about Pray Tell is that you found a way to run the gamut across class and across race and across, um, you know, prestige, like what, yeah. what pedigree someone has yep. and what generational wealth they have. And I feel like you really run the gamut there. And the reason I'm bringing this up today is because, you know, we've all likely, likely all of us have been hurt in some way in the last couple of years by someone publicly where you were just like, what? How could this guy cheat on his wife? Or how could Mm -hmm. this person do this? And why was that photo? How could he do this? And I think one of the hopes I have for both the church and for our nation is this power of God that seems to be coming to offer rebuke to the church. And I have a great hope that it will change. And I have a great hope that we will continue to cultivate opportunity for the image of God to not be diminished on the earth, but for it to be released on the earth. And I think that that's why this book is so important important right now, you know, um, yeah. and it, it releases in March and it's so timely. And I think that you also offer incredible solutions for leaders and for everyday people who want to use their voice and who don't want to be caught in that crossfire of like, what do I do? Do I report this? Do I talk about this? Do I not do this? Do I, what, what is my role as a standby? 
yeah. as a bystander. And so it is one of my hopes for the church. And um, I just want to thank you for putting all the work and effort. This was not an easy right for any human. <laughs> Many tears. <laughs> yes. And I'm just so thrilled that we're all about to get our hands on it. And I encourage you guys to to go now and pre-order it. Like, don't, don't, we'll put the, we'll put it in the show notes, but I'm just encouraging you to do that. And not only because it will bless you, but because this is what also helps authors continue to reach people with their resource. And this is a book every person needs to read, male, female, young, old, like everyone needs this book in their hands. So I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it interesting, just to segue here, this this book is very much a rebuke of the church and a critique, not a criticism, but a truly a critique. Uh-huh. And why? Because I love her. Correct. Because I love the church. Because yes. I still consider the bride the greatest idea there ever was. I still consider mm-hmm. myself um, rooted and planted in a local church mm-hmm. and believe that that's a great way to serve my community and serve my Lord and serve my neighbors. And so as we, as we discussed today of just our role as believers, knowing that just because a new administration, it doesn't mean things go away. I think that was the biggest uh-huh. thing when Obama was looked is like, oh, we're in a post-racist society now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, one move here doesn't make the whole chessboard move, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's still there's still work to be done and there's still internal and external work to be done. Mm-hmm. And so as we talk about our hope for the church, no, it's because we love her. It's because mm-hmm. we care for her so deeply. It's because we consider ourselves... Um, rooted and planted and and integrated within her and we believe the best for her yes i really love that and also i'm just gonna say guys if i sound like i smoked a pack of cigarettes before i start recording <laughs> it's just because i have a newborn and i'm so tired so if you're joining us for the first time and i sound a little hoarse now you know why <laughs> but same <laughs> tiffany i'm I love the church and I have been hurt in the church. You know, I just did a little series on social media yesterday about so mentorship good. and I got so many questions about church hurt. And so I'm going to do a longer thing about this pretty soon. But same for me, even after all I've seen and all I've gone through, I cannot get away from the community of faith. Like yeah. for me, there is nothing like standing in a room with other people lifting my hands in praise. And there is nothing like scanning the room with my eyes as I praise God and thinking about the stories represented there, someone who just had a severe loss, someone who yeah. is hoping to have a baby, someone who is growing and they're having um, an empty nest season, someone who is just walking through addiction, someone who's come out on the other side of it and is lifting their hands to thank God. Like This is what fills my cup as a believer, is gathering mm. for worship in that way. And so I believe in the church too. And I know you know online church is not my favorite thing, and, <laughs> no. but I'm deeply committed because I, I really believe in the church still. I still think think that God has power on the earth through people. And I, I think one of the ways we can experience them together is through that worship. And one of the hopes I have this year, too, is to continue to see the church rise and fight against racism. And that could feel like a trigger for some of you who are listening based on, you know, I think about the news media and all the things that we've seen in the last couple of years. I feel like it's kind of pitted us all against each other in a really unhealthy, not great way. And I really believe that there is an opportunity for us as believers to root out racism in the church and root it out um, in our communities and to help people 
who want to be in the same space together, have the same experiences together and not feel like the color of their skin is hindering them from experiencing something that we all are. Um, and so I just, racism is another hope I have for the church. And I believe it's possible. Like we've watched, you know, people yeah. change. We've watched people wake up to the reality of racism and we've watched people begin to understand systems and structures that are hindering people again from bearing the image of God on the earth and the way they were created to bear it. And that's one of the hopes I have too. And I pray for that in our nation as well. And I know so many amazing activists who are not Christian and are just doing this work because it's the right thing to do. And I just see it all across, you know, this freedom for women and this freedom for people of color. And I, I really, I have deep hope there that more um, especially white ministers will continue to make this part of their ethos, part of their teaching, yes. part of the way they see the world, part of their discipleship pathways. And I have a real, real hope and passion for that. Yeah. I love that this understanding of the gospel, this understanding of the value of humanity will have implications on where we live, mm -hmm. on who we engage with, on what policies we push for, on on how our kids engage it, it yes. this has to change so um we are filming this on tuesday the 19th yesterday was mm -hmm. um mlk day and we um, we've talked about this in the past and ashley's shared how we are trying to incorporate this into our lives not just of course on mlk day um and understanding yeah. of racial reconciliation and, and racial injustice in the world with our children and be very very active um for them to understand social justice issues as as much as makes sense to them but yesterday we really do um hone in on just dr king on his day yeah. and so um during dinner we went around and asked each person to share what they specifically appreciated about Dr. King's life, vision, and legacy. And so my six-year-old had to answer, my 10-year-old had to answer, of course my husband and I answered. And we have a lot of books about Dr. King. We've watched yeah. age-appropriate you know, kids' documentaries on Dr. King. We, we go to the Dr. King Museum here in Seattle. And so yeah. we're just, just the gratitude is, is overflowing. And I, and I know for so many of you that you echo the same, just such gratitude. But last night as we read, um, they chose one of the books of, of Dr. King, and we we decided to focus just on um, a, a up up to right before Rosa Parks. Actually, we wanted to look at like what were these years that led up to that. So we read some yeah. stories about when he was a boy, and um, just some of the things he encountered, and his friendships when he was little, and how one of his best friends was white, and his dad as they got a little bit older, and Dr. King went from a boy to start to look like a man. Mm. Um, that that dad of his friend wouldn't let them play anymore. So we're you know we're going through all these stories. And then when we get to the point where he um, he goes to seminary, and mm. my my ten year old's like, wait a second, some he's like sometimes I just forget that Dr. King he was rooted in 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 love, but but really it was about Jesus, wasn't it? It was about yeah. Jesus and his understanding. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and it talked about he got a degree in religion. I'm like, actually, he got a degree, you know. So explaining yeah. that and the, and talking about what it was like in church and his first sermon and all of these things, and they were just like wow, yeah. this is what it means to follow Jesus. This yeah. is what it means to take up your cross. And it's going to look different for all of us. But just, but I, I'm, and, and even now, Ashley, forgive me for taking it, you know, 10, 15 seconds to do this, but just still in awe of what it meant for him to serve his church, the hope for his church, the hope for his right. community and in his day. And how I pray that that legacy is in all of us. We are all his sons and daughters when we understand that that legacy is real and must be carried on by all yeah. of us. To, and we have talked endlessly and um, 
Kamala talked endlessly uh, last week about that's not the role of just the black community. Right. It has to be all of us. We all have to see that this is, we've got skin in the game was the word she used. We all have skin in the game. We all have to play our part. And so as we think about what do we want the church to be, understand that, okay, what is my role in this, right? What is what is my role in the church? Well, as a stakeholder, what does it look like for me to bring heaven to earth? What does it look like for me to play my part? Because um, look what happened when one man played his part. Look how right. the world changed. One man, we can, we can do our part. And so it was just beautiful to see my children come alive. You know, the world's hard on them too, and it's going to only yes. get harder. I know that. The world's going to beat them silly, but... <laughs> May they be rooted in understanding that when we love Jesus, it invites justice, it invites wholeness, it invites racial justice, it invites inclusion and diversity in a way that I don't think we've seen fully yet. Yeah. I love that. I read this powerful article by um, Rabbi Herschel's daughter. Mm. And so Rabbi Herschel was a partner in in solidarity with Martin Luther King. And he understood oppression because obviously he was coming out of a family in the Holocaust. And and they worked together on behalf of uh, racial justice in America. And she wrote an incredible article about their friendship. And that was really powerful to me. Wow. And I think what's remarkable, remarkable about the world we're living in today that they did not have back then, you know, as as God says in his word, like every time you'll do greater things than I did. You know, Jesus Christ himself said that about us. We'll get to do greater things than even he did. And that's when I think the power of solidarity, the power of social media, you know, there's not one person who's leading the whole charge here. I feel like Mm -hmm. people are rising up, you know, Mm -hmm. ordinary everyday people and doing the work in their homes and doing the work in the community and speaking up as God leads and offering their influence and offering, you know, a different perspective. And people are feeling more empowered to do that. And on the flip side, people are more emboldened, obviously. You know, we just saw the insurrection at the White House. Like, they're more emboldened also in white supremacy and, and the other things. But I think that's the beauty of hope is that you find a focus. It's like, yes, there are terrible things still happening in the world, but look at God moving. And hope always has eyes for the movement of God. And so I think we have to continue to lift our eyes and ask God, where are you moving, Lord? And help me not to focus on every single negative thing that's before me or that the news tells me or that anybody else says to me, but God, lift my eyes. And then we can begin to see God in our daily life. And that's the other hope that I have as well is I really want us to... um, as a, as a body, as a people to experience healing in a way that we never have. And when I look back on quarantine, you know, obviously if you've been around a little bit, we talk about this too, but I've been in recovery for 17 years. Oh, it's 18 years this year, um, which is amazing. And at the same time, gosh, I, I had my heart just ached. There wasn't a day that passed that I didn't pray for people in recovery because, you know, we've been on lockdown. We don't have community. People have had relapses or, or they're just hanging on by a thread of grace. And again, maybe that's not you. Maybe you don't have a background of addiction, but maybe in this season, you really found yourself like, I don't ever put my phone down. And I need a glass of wine every night to take the edge off, or I really need X, Y, or Z to to survive my day. And so I I think those are all things that I pray in this next season, that we have answers for each other and that we find communities where we can be loved and where we can be known and where friends can hold our hands and we can open our eyes to truth and we can have somebody believe in us, in our potential and and see us for where we are, but also know like, hey, this season is not the whole story. And so that's that's another hope I have is like, God, bring great healing to us as a people because we have gone through so much personally and collectively and we're still in it. Like it's it's not done. So my, my I have a real 
prayer for healing for each of you that are listening, that you would, you know, experience the fullness of God in, in his healing and in his people. Mm, sister. Woo! Okay. I know you all are heading to the tattoo parlor after this. Here's what she said. <laughs> she said this, hope has eyes toward the movement of God. You will see it on my forehead tattooed. Hope has, I just want to say, cause I know people were like, they jerked. They like literally had to pause when you said that. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I just want to say it one more time. She said, hope has eyes toward the movement of God. Hope is not in yourself. Hope is not in hoping yeah. of your vision or version of what should be. Hope right. has eyes toward the movement of God. Girl, I don't know if that's the name of your next book or what, but I'll just blow it up. <laughs> okay? Okay. Because I'm about to blow it up in a picture on my wall. Um, and I also want to hone in on how you said that requires community and vulnerability. Yes. And uh, I just, my heart broke as you, as you even addressed the idea of those in recovery and those on the edge and those... Yeah. Um, who already maybe struggle with anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and quarantine just blew that out of the water. And of course, add yes. to that the polarization of online. And I can yes. I just say, y'all, and I've told Ashley this, I've told my husband this several times, I'm like, I feel like there's so much being pushed online, but if I actually were to just live my daily life with the few people I take distance walks with um, outside with masks on or the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the grocery store or my kids or, you know, the people I'm FaceTiming and or talking on the phone or voice memoing in real life. Like I would be so much more calm <laughs> if I didn't let all these voices and right. everyone else's insecurities projected on the internet <laughs> mm-hmm. into my heart. Actually, right. I just, y'all we're letting so many people's insecurities into our heart in a home and they're making, and they're yes. setting up camp. They're setting up camp. And that is not the connection Ashley is talking about, y'all. That is not what she was right. referring to. She was referring to heart connection, one that is reciprocal, one that will build up. And I also just want to say, when you're building connection with someone who maybe doesn't have all the same values as you, it doesn't threaten your own. Can I say that? It doesn't threaten That's your right. own. That's right. I think we are so siloed because of the rhetoric right now that we're so afraid that our worldview is under attack and in reality we are being cut off it is such a great i mean i'm going to give the enemy just a titch of credit here but it is such a great work of the enemy to cut us off from connection and reaching out and and the reason i say that is because as you brought up the friendship that dr king had with this other person of just the friendships friendships i think of you know it's it's noted and it, I, know, I know it wasn't a perfect friendship, but the friendship Dr. King had with Billy Graham, the friendship Dr. King yes. had with so many other people, the friendship, you know, yeah, yeah so Malcolm X is actually the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, but I think of, you know, modern day friendships, we have just lit up people on the internet when we're like, oh, you're friends with that person. That's you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of um, famous Christian authors or preachers or speakers or what have you, when they find out their friend, it's like, oh my goodness, have you read the book? Have you read the book? Yep. Your worldview and values are not under attack when you reach out a hand, when you extend your hand in community, in connection, and with the love of God. Our God will not be shaken. Yeah. Right. He will not That's be right. shaken. That's right. And I just so want one, one more little thing I must say. I know we're running, Go for running it. out of time here. We're good. I, I had a little epiphany last night. I'm listening to uh, Ashley's got me into audiobooks. I'm like she I has unleashed them. a beast. I've, I'm listening Guys, to like it's the three only way I read in 2020. Read and now I'm <sighs> carrying that right into 2021. <laughs> I know. I Ashley, I keep grabbing library books. Like I'm gonna actually have time to sit down and read yeah, them, and no. it's not even. 
I used to, and Ash, we both used to be night readers like crazy. And now I'm like, I literally have no gas in the tank. I can't do it. Totally. <laughs> so now at night, I just turn on the audio. Even so, anyway, I'm just like, oh, this is so life giving. This is why people listen. Anyway, <clears throat> as I'm saying, so as I'm listening to voices that have been vetted and edited <laughs> and they have had to go through multiple people to get out in the world, I'm encouraged. I'm empowered. I'm challenged. I'm I'm rebuked. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm being formed into the image of God. Yeah. I'm being called to the table on things where I've got it wrong and yeah. invited with love and kindness. It's his kindness that draws repentance yes. to get it right. Like when you're just yapping. Okay, I'll use yeah, the word there yapping. You go. Yapping's Sorry guys. A good one. That's, Sorry that guys. We well, are being a troll. I, I yeah. mean, let's just call it you're trolling. When you are, and I know that there are there are prophets among us, and we must critique. But when you only critique, when that's all you got time for is a critique, you don't got time for building up. You're not actually reaching out to people in your real life. Who are the you know two or three that you're pouring into the fa- your family, your your faith community, your your neighborhood, your community, whoever God has put in your path. Sometimes it's just the person in front of you in line at the grocery store. It always right? is. Always. That's who it is. You know, and Man, not I don't that we think can be you... present for every second of every day. You know, come on, come on. Can't even talk. But gosh, I, I definitely, um, I think that is the challenge is for us mm-hmm. to always be mindful of the person before us. You know, I love the book by Brother Lawrence. Um, the oh practicing the presence and oh, yep, he talks yep, about yep. he's a monk and he talks about you know standing there washing dishes and letting it be unto god and just like what happens if we just do the thing in front of us and i think mm. that will also eliminate some of the stress that you're talking about tiffany where you're constantly taking things in and i, I remember maria Durso, uh my old pastor andy andrew was trying forever to get her on the instagram and we had her at a women's conference and she said what i don't want to go on the internet and have these people in my kitchen i don't want Ooh. that and when she said it, I was like, oh my God. I mean, I just it just yeah. hit me in a way that was really powerful. And then I realized I don't have to do this because I, I like you're not here in my real life and I don't have to let you speak into my life or even see the things that you post on the internet. And that's all okay. And I'm not talking about creating an echo chamber where you cut people off who are friends and family who don't agree with you politically or don't agree with you religiously, you know, whatever the things are. Yeah, good um, And some again, good boundaries. Sometimes that's necessary too. We want to have a holistic picture here but at the same time that really hit me like a pile of bricks I mean who are you letting in and is it more definitive than real people and is it more definitive than your relationship with God and if so that's okay you know everybody starts from that place sometimes you know when you realize I'm addicted to my phone and I'm addicted Mm. to social media and moments that I was on there for eight hours today well that that's a problem you know, unless your work yeah. is social media, we get that. Um, yeah, but I just no think judgment. it's important to. Yeah, <laughs> if just you'd like to, to ever intern for us, please reach out. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but if you look at that, like it's 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 wise to go. Okay, what's really forming my beliefs around this thing that I feel yeah. so passionate about? That's making me troll on the internet. Like, who made me think this? You know, yeah. someone on the news, some pundit who doesn't even have a degree in journalism. Like, who? What am I believing right now? And Come just ask on. yourself yes. these hard questions so that we don't have to keep doing what we're doing these tribal factions in the church and in our nation like can we be people who are people of hope and people of prayer and people who love the lord and seek to do good where we are like keep the moment in front of you find the movement of god Mm. hope has eyes toward the movement of god i love it less yapping more praying more loving more investing also 
do y'all want to stand before the Lord someday? And he'll be like, hey, do you see how much time you clocked on Instagram? No, I don't. I really don't. Like, hey, feed my sheep. Hey, love my people. (laughs) Oh, if it sounded, if I was a little too honest with y'all, if I push your buttons, I'm sorry. I might do it again sometime soon. But I love you. (laughs) And I'm here for you. We are we are committed to you. It is our joy and honor um, to share our time with you every Thursday. You, We are for you. We're rooting for you. And we pray that as we walk out 2021, this whole new year, let it be one of peace. Let it be one of wholeness and truth. Let us not settle for injustice. Let us not settle for resentment. Yeah. Let us not settle for silence. Let us speak up in the way of Jesus. Yeah. And let us, I'm not saying let's be nice. I'm saying let's be kind. Yeah. Hey listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.